Welcome to a brand new episode of Why Should We Care? I am your host, Chris Tellers, here with my blood brother as always, AJ Henderson. Hey. Guys, uh, we are back with a hot sode as always. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Yeah. Uh, we had our live show uh, two weeks ago. Again, we uh, appreciate everyone who came out for that. Thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, we had a lot of fun. It was a lovely evening. Yeah. yeah. We want to thank uh, the comics and also uh, the band Pongo for closing it out. Yeah. That was very nice of them. Yeah. Uh, we had so much fun that very we're, we're going to do it again. Yeah, it's right. Sometime, mm-hmm. <laughs> sometime. We yeah. might look at February, but uh, we'll <laughs> keep you guys posted. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll let you guys will be the first to know. It sounds like AJ does not want to do another live show. No, I, I do. I just don't want to promise anything that I can't get. You know. Well, I'll do the live show since AJ's so against it. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, if, okay. All right. Well, you came in fast, my friend. I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't fast. know how to rebuttal, and I, I was just tell. like, I'm just going to drop it. <laughs> well, uh, again, that was a lot of fun. We want to <laughs> say Happy New Year. Uh, yeah. We're, yeah. How was your New Year, AJ? What did you do? It was, I slept. I was tired. Really? I've been working really hard. Yeah. You slept uh, in from 2017 to 2018? I did. Yeah. <laughs> these these little celebrations mean nothing to me. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. That's it's. That's kind of sad. <laughs> no. It was, it's the first thing you said. It's cool. Okay. <laughs> uh, what about Christmas? What'd you do on Christmas? On Christmas, I ate a big lasagna with you. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's crazy because I completely forgot yeah. about that. I forgot about it because it's like every other day. <laughs> now, that one is kind of sad, actually. Really? I had a good time this Christmas. I, I, I liked it. I, I liked how understated it was, and it was a good lasagna. But yeah, I think now, anybody. Fuck you. Now I know you think it was sad. I was having a good time. I'm just saying, perception, man. I think if somebody was on the outside looking in, it'd be like, those, look, look at those, those two dudes just eating a big old lasagna. Well, you guys tell us if you think it's sad or if you think it's rad. Uh, yeah. Drop us a tweet or I would uh, get on like, Facebook. like to know be what like, you guys think of hey, this. Hey, I yeah. think the fact that you guys had a big lasagna together on Christmas is rad. Yeah. That's yeah. the kind of tweet i want to see yeah, was, um there was soda there was was there soda there was soda there yeah. was soda okay and, uh, and garlic bread yeah we bought a pie, pie. a pie. chocolate pie. pie yeah uh we watched some tv we're like two old single men that live I, together yeah, right. yeah i was i was starting off on the rad side and as that conversation kept going it got sadder and sadder <laughs> what i tell you about shutting your mouth until we're done talking <laughs> i don't listen well i know well, that's proven all right uh we were <laughs> we want to uh, thank everyone for subscribing and listening to the podcast. Uh, spread the word. We are a very word of mouth podcast. Uh, yeah. uh, you can go um, listen, subscribe, review. Uh, yeah. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever podcasts can be found. Yeah. If you could like put it on a tape and then trade those, that would be cool. What? Yeah. Just put our <laughs> podcast on a little tape, like a cassette. Why like he, who has a tape player? Some people. Yeah. Not the kind of people I want listening to this oh, podcast. Oh, wow. I don't, I don't know if we want to like... 
Do you think we just lost let's, some let's people? Let's not right alienate there? like you those guys. You think anyone's listening to this on tape right now? N- not yet. They're not. <laughs> I never. I suggested it, so like the little plant is in there now. We don't cross over well on tape. I know <laughs> it. I've done <laughs> the studies. To, okay. I've done the research. Not well, a tape podcast. Well, then don't do that, guys. Yeah, if you uh, are listening to us on tape, stop it right now and <laughs> you kill yourself. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> this is where we're going right now. In the just, 2018, we're going really extreme with things. this, <laughs> guys. Guys, uh, we have, uh, like I said, a hot so today. We've been talking about it for a year. We finally worked it out with his lawyer. We've uh, got him here. Uh, the lizard man, Eric Sprague, is on the show today. Hey, man. I don't know what my lawyer's doing. You can- <laughs> I represent myself. I have no clue how this happened. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad we made it work, <laughs> We man. talked to some guy who represents you. <laughs> You're a hard guy. Oh, to- that guy. Oh, <laughs> You're a hard uh, lizard to get a hold of, and I'm glad we w- were able to work it out. I'm happy to be here. Uh, hell yeah. And uh, you... Um, your topic you brought on today, uh, right. it looks like one that you'll be very familiar with, obviously. It's a circus and sideshow and why people should uh, care about it or have an interest in it, right? Right. There you go. I mean, when you when you first told me about the, the podcast, I took the title a little bit too broadly. Like, I was supposed to be like, I thought it was like, you know, why should we care about anything type of thing? And then you're like, oh, what do I, oh, I'll, okay, yeah, what do I care about? Cool. I mean, I don't yeah. know, I don't believe that you can really, you know, necessarily convince someone to else to care about something you care i don't yeah, think it's something us. you should do that's like, true in the I mean, year like, we've done it i can't think of if, one thing i've gotten into hard well mm-hmm. i mean yeah. i look at it like if the only things that i would ever advocate someone caring about are things that affect them directly so you know you're probably right. not going to be affected directly but i'm going to make the case that you're indirectly affected by circus and sideshow but yeah if it doesn't touch your daily life like in a very tangible way then why would you give a fuck yeah, well, whenever we were yeah. standing out there and you said, I'm going to talk about yeah. Circus and Sideshow, I looked at you and I was like, well, of course you, you are. are right? yeah, this yeah. makes this is perfect. <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, let's right. get started. I mean, cool. uh, tell us about uh, a little bit more about it that people might not know. Maybe some, uh, well, I think I'll, I'll that, let you take it. You know, if you want to make a case for Circus and Sideshow, historically, one of, there's a lot of things that you know uh, do affect your daily life now that came from Circus and Sideshow. I think one of the most famous examples is uh, the Army and various armed forces learning and studying for troop movement and heavy equipment movement how to get around. Because especially when the First and Second World Wars came around, the people that had experience moving huge fucking production, setting up tents, you know, basically everything really quick, things that a military needs to do. The circus had done that, so they drew very oh, heavily shit. upon those those yeah. skills. So there's something that you know affects institutionally the way that we do stuff today that comes from it. And if you know that history, oh. you can kind of see the process of where it came from. Yeah, yeah. Uh, zoned out a little bit. Just yeah, that's one. That's I, I one can't believe that, you're here, and I, I can't believe I'm looking at you right now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a lot no. to take in right now. I was yeah. like, like uh, what, what, ex- what kind of things that uh, the army uh, learned from circus and sideshow? Uh, I mean, you probably just said it, like, but like, I just like, wasn't kidding you know, about the zone out. Put it, put it down into one word for you: logistics. Logistics. Okay. M- modern logistics for business. You know, like I said, military troop movements, a lot of stuff like that was taken and modeled after circuses and how they got their themselves around the country and around the world. So that's one historical hook. Another that's reason. That's also a hot thing to whisper to your date if you're ever at the circus <laughs> with her. Yeah. That's a, hey, baby, did you know that this was the model for future business logistics and troop movements? She goes, what? Oh, yeah. yeah everyone knows that. <laughs> you know. You know. Ooh, yeah, maybe I will stick around. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this is one, I mean, it feels almost hacking cliche for me to say it, but 
Circus and Sideshow is at its base level inspirational entertainment. One of the pitches that has always been around for doing these stunts and these different things that you see done in Circus and Sideshow is that it proves that things you thought were impossible are possible, Mm -hmm. that most limits are fictional. And this is a way that a lot of performers, including myself, over the years have presented shows to audiences saying like, look, you didn't believe it was possible for a man to get set on fire and shove a sword down his throat, but I just showed you that it was. Now, what else in your life do you believe is impossible that isn't? You know, go out there and do it. And, you know, for some people, I'm kind of a cynic, but I understand that for some people that can be inspiring. It can be a useful, yeah. positive thing in their life. Yeah. Um, you know, for an entertainment industry, though, I think, and this is what uh, we talked about a little bit before we get on, because it relates to some of what I'm doing overseas, doing like historical recreation shows and just more traditional format, is that the circus and the sideshow is the true home and birthplace of variety entertainment. You think about what yeah. you, you go to a circus, you can see musical acts, you can see juggling, you can see tumbling, you can see dancing, sword swallowing, you can see all of these things in circuses and sideshows. And, you know, it's, that's where you really, you know, have a, if you lose that, you're losing the place, the birthplace of a lot of great entertainers. You trace back a lot of our great actors and performers that go back to vaudeville and vaudeville came out of the circus and the sideshows. Mm-hmm. You know, it all goes back to having this sort of variety catch all place for entertainment to be there. And it's live entertainment. And one of the things I've always had to fight for in my career is getting people to not watch a video or look at a picture and think they'd already seen it. This right. is a sort of entertainment. You feel the heat. You smell the torch. You smell the burning hair when you get sent on fire. You know, it's a very intimate setting like that. And if you've never had it, I mean, this is what, is what inspired me to get into this sort of genre. And, t- and at least I knew I was always going to do live performance because nothing else compares. Everything else is a pale imitation to being there, breathing the same air as the performer as they do what they do. Yeah. Do you think if there was a way for a guy to light him, himself on fire, but fake light himself on fire, he would do it? <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> Look, there's there's always going to be somebody who's going to take the easy way out. And it comes up a lot in Circus and Sideshow because over this the history of you know entertainment, magicians have very often figured out ways to do fake versions of things that people have done for real. Is that what they call illusions? Exactly. Now, do, you, do you do any illusions in your act? Is that all 100% I, real? I never... I've seen you do some stuff right. and I'm like, that ain't no illusion. I <laughs> yeah. saw what I just saw. And that's the other thing. Shook. Live. Um, I, I love magic. I'm very much a, a magic nerd in my personal life. I'm friends with a lot of magicians, but I never perform magic for that very reason that I don't want to muddy the waters. Mm-hmm. When you see my show, you know that everything you're seeing, whether it's a modification I've made to my body or something I'm doing with my body, it's always 100% real. When you barely, when you barely started the modifications to the body at the tender age of four, as I read on Wikipedia. <laughs> Is uh, that what Wikipedia says? Yeah, yeah that's what I put in Did there. Did you just edit it? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, was it, uh, when you started doing it, was it with the intent of getting involved in the circus business? That was sort of the, the pipe dream. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I, when I initially had the idea of kind of transforming my body through body modification processes, it was... Uh, a sort of a development of an idea that I've been working with my entire life, you know, all of 18 years at that point mm. <laughs> you know, as an artist, but I've been very much into costuming, body painting and performance. Mm-hmm. And this was a, made, a way to make it permanent, which right. was Im- important to me. Now, in my head, a lot of my inspiration came from people like the Great Omi and Historical Circus and Sideshow, but I never thought it was going to come back around as it did. I got very lucky, right place, right time. And I mean, that's I owe pretty much 99% of any success I've had to that lucky 
being in that right moment. What was the right moment? But the, the early nineties when sideshow okay. when when sideshow. So you were saying you were walking around at Walmart. And <laughs> well, you know, like, hey, that guy. <laughs> I think you know. I, I think what it was for me is that you know I had I had had this idea, but I wasn't going through it. It was purely conceptual mm-hmm. for three years, which was during the time that I kind of worked out the design, how exactly I would do it. But I didn't pull the trigger until uh, about January of 1994 and start getting tattooed because it wasn't until that point that I saw like, oh, this isn't going to be something that I'm going to have to hide, like keep, you know, just tattooing and stop at my face because I never yeah. wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. But I, I did see, I was like, hey, there's a chance, it's a slim chance, but there's a chance I can make this work because a lot of the stuff that was my private hobby, beds of nails, swallowing swords, things like that, had, su- yeah, had right. suddenly become viable entertainment again. I was yeah. like, holy shit, I can get, I, I, did, uh, I did bed of nails as a performance art piece as an undergrad student. And, you know, people are like, ooh, whatever. But I never thought... Bed of nails, do you, do you like, lay, you lay yeah, on them too, lay, right? Yeah, lay on walk them. Walk on people, them, lay on them. Let peop- I lay on them, let people walk on me, jump on me, things Whoa, like that. Oh, dude, yeah. how do you not get it's, murdered? Um, it's, <laughs> it's, how do you not die? <laughs> I mean, as you know, everybody on the internet will tell you, it's physics, it's physics, it's physics. So I used to go out of my way to prove that it, it wasn't just physics, that it's, it is technique as well. You have mm-hmm. to be able to convince yourself uh, the, the thing is, when somebody's on top of you, the one that gets hardest because you have to contract your abs to keep from crushing your guts, but you also have right. to relax your back because when you tense up, if you get too tense, that's when the nails will actually start poking into you. Have you ever got anybody lay on top of you that's actively trying to shove you into the nails? I, I, I've had people do that. I, I, had, a, I had a woman uh, who was an acrobat do handstand push-ups on me. Okay. She had one hand, yeah, I've had, Unprompted? Uh, nobody asked her to do oh, that? She, what we if were, she accidentally murdered you right now? We, that's the circus, man. Yeah, we, hey, man. You, 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 you die, you die. That's <laughs> how it goes. There's a great old uh, circus proverb which uh, goes, if you wake up and feel no pain, be at peace for you are dead. <laughs> Wait, this, if you what? If you wake up and feel Feel no pain. Be at peace, for you are dead. Oh, so <laughs> you like the pain of it, all right? No, it's not. That, it's not that you know. I mean, some people do like the pain, but I, I would think if you ask, talk to a lot of performers, at least you know my friends I know that do you know circus and sideshow, they would say that they don't like the pain, but they like proving to themselves that they can beat the pain, that they oh, can overcome okay. it. And also, we often say, if that's what I have to do to entertain you. That's a fair exchange. Has you it, bought a ticket, I will bleed for you. Has anything ever, like, you're doing, like, for example, I saw you do the power drill through the nose. Mm-hmm. Uh, has anything ever in front of an audience, like, you're doing it, but it goes in, it goes wrong, and you're like, oh, what accidents, the fuck? Yeah. I've, I've had uh, lots of, I think probably uh, the two biggest accidents I've had, especially in terms of people's response to them, was, uh, number one, I was breathing fireballs at a motorcycle rally, at about midnight, so I was blackout drunk, so it wasn't a good idea. <laughs> Spent all day in a stripper tent doing shots at Jack Daniels with the Hells Angels, and now I'm standing on a speedway course with a torch and a jug of fuel. You just like, Jesus balls. Christ, what am I doing? Well, and, you know, in the moment, I was like, this is the greatest moment of my life. You know, thousands of people are watching and cheering. I'm just, uh, and as I'm blowing it, I'm because I'm drunk and it's stupid, and I shouldn't be doing it, I'm not paying attention to the wind and one of the fireballs got turned around and it blew back but fortunately it did a U and it hit half of my face Whoa, and, but shit. from the audience point of view I was that matchstick guy from the barbecue commercial with a flame oh, for a wow. head because they couldn't I've, I've got pictures that people took from the stands where yeah, you can't see my head it's just awful yeah, it's just there and then when the fireball you know, quickly dissipates like a flash 
half of my face is still on fire. Oh my uh, god! My old assistant and this guy who's an artist, he's known as the Ice Cream Man from Hell. He drives an ice cream truck <laughs> and sells T-shirts out of it. Does the airbrush and all this shit. And uh, Ice Cream Man from Hell is about six five, three hundred pounds. My old assistant was about six four, at least two eighty. They come running out because they both realize, oh, I'm on fire. And my assistant was all supposed to have a towel ready. He was drunk too. We didn't they have put, that. Please so, tell me they yeah. put that flame out well, with ice cream. He, he had he uh, <laughs> my assistant had uh, my T-shirt in his hand, but he's holding it like a fist and he's mm-hmm. trying to swat out the flames and he's literally <laughs> punching me in the face <laughs> and I'm trying to get away from the punches because I'm not burning it. It is going out on its own. Uh-huh. And, but then Jimmy, I scream, he grabs my shoulders because he thinks that I'm not getting put out fast enough. So I'm being held and punched, and in, punched the in the face by two guys who think they're just doing the Shoot, best thing in the dude. world for me, saving my life. <laughs> two men assaulting that lizard. Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The next day I was like two faced blisters all over like half of my face all day. It was, it was pretty, it woke up it's like nice. stuck to my pillow in my tent you know. <laughs> what's your uh, favorite kind of like circus gigs to do like uh, some of your most memorable ones if, if you can the, recall yeah it. I mean the the ones that I really love doing now is the stuff that I'm doing at like fringe festivals uh, overseas mm-hmm. I've been doing the Adelaide Fringe Festival for uh, coming up this February be the seventh year and we do it a modern show but we do it in a traditional format which means that I start off outside the tent as a ballet talker, barker, mm-hmm. most people call it. And I'm, I'm just talking to the crowd. I'm literally trying to hypnotize people into buying tickets for the sound of my voice, telling them the show's coming up. Once I get a big enough crowd, we call it a tip mm-hmm. out there paying attention to me. Mm-hmm. Then we try to move them over to the ticket box to buy their tickets. It's called turning the tip. Mm-hmm. And so when you turn the tip, it's how many of the people that you were able to gather in front of you actually buy the tickets. You know, if you get, oh, that's a good turn, that means almost everybody went and bought a ticket. Once we get them going inside the tent, I have another uh, talker that will relieve me and I will run around the back, come inside, welcome everybody onto the stage mm-hmm. and introduce the first act. I'll do an act probably in the middle or at the end and they'll get to see three acts, about five to seven minutes. So that's the old traditional format. But we're doing modern acts for them. You know, we are doing, we do classics like Swords Line, but we try to give it more of a sketchy modern presentation. Yeah. Uh, the show will last about 20 minutes. And then the last performer will give everybody a little speech about telling their friends and the other stuff because we change up the cast, send them out. And as they go out, I will be back on the box outside saying, look at these people as they come out using them to gather attention for the next show. And it immediately repeats. Mm-hmm. We'll do two or three shows an hour and we'll operate Dang. on like on a, on a good Saturday. We will probably do anywhere from 15 to 18 shows in a day. Damn. And we just do wow. it all day Those are long. your favorite ones to do. I, I love doing that because that that to me is like it's I, I told uh, one of my friends down there one time, I said, this is Sideshow Valhalla. And I love it. Yeah, it's like, you know, in Valhalla, as a warrior, you wake up every day and go into glorious battle and then you feast yeah. at the end. Well, at the Fringe Fest, running a grind show like that, every day I go out and do glorious shows for glorious people all day long. At the end, I have a few beers with my buddies and I go pass out. When I wake up, I do it all over again. That's awesome. And they mostly yeah. do that overseas? Well, I mean, it's that's the that format is the classic format. So there are people trying to do those shows you know, all over the world. And it is, it's an American format. That's the other thing about, you know, if, uh, if I can ring the patriotism bell on anybody, circus and sideshow is an American folk art. It it's, is. Yeah. It has its own form. There's European circus and American mm-hmm. circus. And the, and sideshow, especially as it grew out of it and then out of the dime museums is a purely American art form that we've now exported. Has the uh, circus sideshow industry been affected uh, negatively or positively with uh, the internet like uh, do people get I, out as much it's, anymore this is weird because I just had a conversation about this yesterday mm-hmm. and I think that you know my own success I owe a lot of my own success to being a nerd who was on the internet like I had a web page before Red Lobster 
Yeah. And so when when TV <laughs> is that is that a different guy? That's <laughs> no, 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 no. But uh, the Black, restaurant Black, uh, Black Scorpion is a no, is a local Austin guy. He's a good friend of mine. Black Scorpion, Black Scorpion, great guy. Does has, he have uh, his hands on? His hands and feet are both uh, are both well, like Scorpion clothes. No, um, he has three fingers and a th- or two fingers and a thumb on each hand, and his feet are the same. So he got his uh, hands like perfectly like surgically. Oh no, no, no. He's born that way. Uh, oh, he's, okay. Uh, he's born. He's uh, natural born. Um, I guess is you know how some people kind of. Like I'm, I'm a freak. He's a freak, but I'm a a self-made. Fre- I'm what's known academically as a self-made freak, and he's what's known as a born freak. Born freak. Um, and he wouldn't get mad if you say that. No, not at okay. all. No, no. That's his, I've, I've worked with him at Coney Island. Like I say, he's Austin uh, local guy. Like he's a good friend. Yeah, because I'm gonna reach yeah. out to him and get him on the podcast. He um for a little while he was uh he was doing stand up like because he had a, he has this great uh glass walking routine mm-hmm. that is basically a send up of of Die Hard. Die Hard the movie? Yeah, Die Hard. The, 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 the scene in Die Hard. Yeah, wait, was, But for everybody whose favorite Christmas movie is Die Hard, you know the scene that would apply, right? Um, he does this great parody of that scene mm-hmm. as his glass walking act. And it's hilarious. Oh my God. It's it real glass? Yeah, it's real glass. And it's, it has like the double whammy because you're you're laughing at the jokes while he's doing it like that. And even though you see his hands, most people don't expect his feet to be like that as well. So he's sitting down taking off his shoes, doing <laughs> lines from the movie and setting and setting up the whole big, you know, and his feet are like that too. And he pulls off his shoes and people are like, Holy shit, look at his feet and then, you know, he gets up and he starts walking across the glass and people are like, Oh my god, look at his feet, look at him walking on glass. What the hell is going on? And then he starts to hit you with the the, the, the routine has like a triple punchline. Yeah. And then it's like and they go from like laughing to like oh my god what's happening to laughing their asses <laughs> off again it's great it's one of my favorite I know I said about your routine you have like killer jokes like <laughs> while you're doing crazy shit on stage like has anybody ever like just straight up laughed then vomited during your routine <laughs> then gone back to laughing <laughs> one, of, one of my favorite things about what I do and my career that far is I believe that there are probably only a couple other people in the world that can say they've gotten vomits and standing ovations and cheers from the same people like, i've got a video of me doing my uh my old stomach pumping act on stage in portland uh before one of the jägermeister music tour shows and this girl in the front row is like screaming her head off cheering for her but then when the big moment comes it just hit you you literally see it hit her where where this big glob goes through the pump and then i drink it back down I, and yeah, yeah. Exactly. See, just hearing it did that to yeah. you. So she starts puking over the barricade, yeah. and I'm like, and I, I had the camera. I was like, check it out, we got a puke. I get the whole crowd looking. I'm like, we're not gonna make fun of it. It's cool, man. I understand it. Gets you there. Like, and once she was done puking, she was immediately a horns back up, like, fuck yeah, like high five me as I'm going off the stage. I'm like, how many people can say they can do that to a person with their act? You know, I cause people. I I create physical reactions in people with what I do. My God, have you ever gotten a fight with? anyone after the show come on let's um, get to it. yeah it's uh i almost got into a fight during a show do they call <laughs> you lizard man like lizard man <laughs> <laughs> no it's just you know it's your standard drunk asshole kind of walking up to the stage like i don't believe this shit and as they get closer and closer and you kind of give them the warning you're like um dude i'm really in danger here already so if yeah. you make me think that you're going to increase the level of danger i'm just going to stop what i'm doing and hurt you first yeah and yeah, that, that shuts a lot of them down too it also helps that you know like my big finale for a lot of shows is having a concrete block smashed over my groin, which means, <laughs> which means I always have a sledgehammer with me on stage. 
So sometimes uh, when I see somebody go. fucking around in the audience, I just pick up the sledgehammer and hold it while I go on with the show normally, but holding a sledgehammer. And yeah, hecklers start to go, I don't think mm-hmm. I want to say my funny shit anymore. Yeah, this, thing's, this thing's going to my crotch either way. But where it goes yeah. beforehand is your call. Huh? It's seen my nuts it and see your face. It's like three insults in one. Yeah, yeah. Like, a, have you ever uh, accidentally smashed your balls pretty hard? Like with that sledgehammer? Is that like a thing where like, the, that's the one I make sure goes right all the time? That, that stunt is one where, yeah, I, I don't want to fuck up, but the... <laughs> The thing about that one is, is no Jaeger before this one. <laughs> that one often hurts me, even when it goes right, mm-hmm. but not in the way people think. Like normally, I am able to time the the body relaxation with the impact and let the force go through me, and I'm usually okay. Like it feels like you know I got a light like backhanded slap in the locker room type of thing. Yeah, but oh. but what happens even almost? That. Yeah, oh no, it, it's not pleasant, but you yeah. can recover pretty quick. Yeah, you know what happens to me almost every time that I can't escape is the edges of that goddamn block get driven into my thighs. So oh after after a long tour, the insides of both my thighs are just cut to hell oh with concrete God. cuts. They don't realize how much you're <laughs> pain you're putting yourself for right? these. I'm like, you ever gonna retire that one? Um, you know, I've I took a while off from doing it because uh, a friend of mine who I actually helped get into sideshow came up with a, a version of it, and I had been doing it for so long, I felt like maybe I needed to yeah, give somebody build, else. I need to build. I need to, to build a new, build a new finale. Yeah. And yeah, and because he and I, you know, end up in a lot of the same places, you know, not necessarily at the same time, but like year after year, I'm like, you know you go do that act because he came up with a brilliant idea that you know really made it his he and his uh, show partners own sketch and i i'm a fan of their version of the act oh there you go if you uh you you travel like the whole world uh doing your routine uh, are there parts uh, what parts of the world do you find like are the funnest uh to play or is there a difference every they react uh, the same everywhere there's there's definitely differences mm-hmm. um and you know i mean there's but even in the same place there's differences from audience to audience show show to show uh, i always say the best place or my favorite place is the place that's making me the most money so right now that's australia so australia congratulations you are the best place in the world to perform <laughs> <laughs> that's where you're going next <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know um but th- there are a lot of great places to perform um around the world like i i feel like geography is at a certain point just not that relevant yeah. um there there are it's more a matter of some places suck you're like they're lizards but, all over the world baby but there's so there's a, there's a crowd for you everywhere well you know the, the typical cities to knock right are you know la and new york because yeah. you get disinterested industry people who don't watch the show why real fans are stuck outside and that oh. is that's very much a real thing but just because there are places that suck and there are doesn't mean that there aren't great places around i've you know i've done and had great shows i think coney island is a fantastic venue and i would like to see them do more than just sideshow out there because they've got a great stage and a great venue and a great location you know do more i've played great venues in la and had wonderful shows out there it's a matter of are you getting to the right place right and you know, like if you go somewhere and you think that somewhere sucks or that club, i'm like maybe you were in the wrong club maybe you weren't promoted right yeah. you know I, i'm a firm believer in that it's possible to have a good show anywhere what about a like you you meet so many people doing this that have their own acts let's get mm-hmm. to the drama here have you ever met anybody <laughs> that you just can't stand their asses or like you can't stand their act uh um, let's let's spill yeah well, here's, I, I <laughs> can't stand, can't stand their act i mean i that's I mean, a, a good act is is a is a is a good act. But if I can't stand you as a person, uh-huh. uh, you know, I won't say that your act sucks just because I don't like you. I will I will be honest and say that your act is good. But 
the, still the overall rating is suck because you're a horrible person. Um, um, <laughs> that would be, I mean, for yeah, me. Yeah, but who? For, for me, for me, the, for me, and I'm sorry, man, I'm not going to spill any new room for it. That's for me, the, after the show. Every, everybody, everybody knows for me it's Jim fucking Rose. Who's Jim Rose? Jim Jim Rose, the Jim Rose Circus in the 90s. He is mm-hmm. the name that most people in America know as Sideshow because he's the guy that got all the the big attention, you know, touring with Nine Inch Nails and being oh, on Lollapalooza. Yeah. Yeah, for a lot of people in the 90s, he was their first taste of Sideshow because it had really kind of died out in a lot of ways and in most places. There was a little bit of stuff going on in the mid to late 80s in, in New York and some other spots, but for the most part, Sideshow and Circus Sideshow Act had been forgotten and Jim was their reintroduction and it's sad that they got reintroduced to it by somebody who's probably the worst possible person there were people with a lot more depth and talent they could have run into but he was you know right person right time or you know, right place right time have you ever got to talk to him before oh no I, I worked for him oh, that's, okay. that's why he's the person I like. so it, by 1994 95 the Jim Rowe Circus is the top internationally they are you know they're the opening they're the, the featured act before nine inch nails on their world tour uh, that might have been 96 but anyway like that's that was the dream that that was as high as you could get in sideshow mm-hmm. in the 90s and which was much higher than you could ever get before it so uh, when i got to work for him when i got to join the jim rose circus it was a very very big deal this was sort of the hey man you made it this is the big gig and so it's like getting your dream job and then finding out that you're boss is such an asshole you cannot enjoy it in any possible way every i am literally living my dream making enough money in fact making more than enough money to live off doing sideshow and getting to travel the country doing it and i'm fucking miserable he's ruining it for you yeah because he's ruining it and the the thing i always say about jim is i'm like look don't take you know people have arguments people have disagreements yes it's very clear we have different ways of looking at the world but so don't take my judgment for it consider this Everyone that's worked for him has quit because they and specified that they quit because they couldn't put up with him anymore. Yeah. Like when everybody else leaves, maybe he is the common factor. Man, wow. have you, you should call him out on Facebook. That's like a hot thing right now. Uh, I, I prefer to I prefer to get the best possible revenge for. Uh, I mean, look, we're all narcissistic egomaniacs. So what's the worst thing that can happen? Not you me. get you get for, you get forgotten. I mean, you uh, know, in, in the circus, I, in, like so I'm like the 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 best thing in the world, in my opinion, is what's happening to him now, which is people are starting to forget him, and he's not oh, he's not man. active in performing anymore. He's irrelevant. And that's, that's a wonderful good. thing. That's the best thing. And like, I just like to imagine him like in an apartment right now, just eating a cup noodle, listening to this podcast. Like, yeah. God damn, wizard man! That, that that would be great, but un, unfortunately, he won't get his true comeuppance because he married a French woman whose family has money and is taking care oh, of them. Man. Okay, well, Not this guy does sound fucking awesome, <laughs> so I don't know what your problem is with him. I guess you got to know him. Yeah, you got you to gotta try living on a bus. <laughs> the, the, anecdote I, the anecdote that I love to tell about him to illustrate why he and I didn't get along was we would show up somewhere, we'd walk into a dressing room, and you know the, the dressing room food wasn't set up. There's no ice on the soda yet. Mm-hmm. So instead of going and asking someone if they could get some ice for the soda, he would make sure the dressing room door was open, wait to see someone who worked there walk by, and then start screaming really loudly about <laughs> what kind of bullshit operation doesn't even have ice on the sodas yet. We are in some amateur shit. Like, he was, that was, one, that was yeah. his way of doing so. Yeah. I literally, for, for the time I spent on tour with him, I would end up following him around apologizing. 
Oh, man. And even doing that, like I went to places, you know, after I toured with him, I went on to host the Jägermeister Music Tour. I'd go back to venues and I'm glad I did that because they would have bad memory. People would be like, oh, he's not here with you, is he? And he's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm hosting this tour. And he's like, yeah, that guy's a fucking asshole. Yeah. The venue staff would say it. And I'm like, well, thank you for remembering that it wasn't me because they yeah. always remember the green guy. And I was like, yeah. he's creating a negative vibe. That green vibe. guy was nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, he created a negative vibe that they were going to associate. I knew they would associate with me because they'd see me again. They'd be like, oh, I remember what I You're like watching here. your own ass in the yeah, moment. Yeah, exactly. I was, yeah. Playing, I was playing cover my ass the whole time because I knew I was bailing as soon as I could. <laughs> Smart move. Yeah. How about like, uh, surely you get crazy fans. Uh, what's the craziest shit you've gotten with fans on uh, on the road or? Oh uh, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, this is. Uh, I'll, I know you want something lurid, so we'll get to something lurid. But Let's I, the, do it. The, the things that the things that really get me <laughs> as I was fishing for. The, <laughs> but the things that stand out to me that are, are crazy is that the I, I just can't understand what the motivation is. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there there was a dude that created like he impersonated me online. Stole your but, shit. Well, he he, he just as a you know, fan he, as a flattering thing. Yeah, he he didn't make fan pages. He made pages as if he was uh, was was me, like in, yeah. in different apps. You like obscure like social media apps, like random shit. He'd go make a lizard man account and talk to right. people as if he was me. And but he'd use your image and everything. Yeah, he'd use yeah. Woo. And I the only reason the only reason I I found out about this was something happened where he had a crisis of conscience. And he contacted me and he's like, hey, dude, I've been pretending to be you and I'm really sorry. I'm a, I'm a huge fan and I, I didn't actually think that this was like it was a, that's Whoa, like, to me. That's crazy. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? You're like, what, <laughs> what, at, at what point did you go from thinking you were going to make this page and talk about me to yeah. having someone mistake you for me and then be like, I'm going to run with this? <laughs> you know, this got out now. of hand really quickly. You <laughs> yeah. owe a lot of bad people money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, exactly. I'm waiting for that one. I'm like, does, does Tony need this money next week? What I the just fuck's going on here? Get out of Austin ASAP. <laughs> if you're you. reading this now, it's already too late. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need you to tell some angry Russians, Russians. I'm not you. <laughs> yeah, like, so, I mean, like that's that's not lurid, but that's yeah. pretty fucking crazy. You know? Oh and, man, and, have, have, you, have um, you think you've inspired anyone to go green or like? Uh, I've I've had a, I've I've had a, a number of people you know tell me that I was their inspiration. They liked it. You know, a lot of people that saw me when Ripley's you know that Ripley show came out in two thousands were kids and i mean it, it's very true you know we it, it's kind of how i ended up that way i grew up on the old ripley's with jack palance and that's incredible and like you know 80s variety stuff um you know it got me at the right age and i was influenced well it turns out there were a lot of people the, the right age the right moment watching when i was on tv and i influenced them that's awesome yeah well, damn that's a trip for you then right like, <laughs> oh yeah it's like, wild i always get it when they're like Did man they? i was i loved watching you on ripley's when i was a kid and i'm like i get it i'm old what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> but with this you can't even tell how old you yeah. are you look like you're 15 yeah, yeah. yeah i'm just sitting here <laughs> i have no idea <laughs> but it's a it's a weird thing too like that was that happening was what finally like in my mind i never really understood it but the idea of like how age differences don't matter as you get older i'm like oh yeah you were 12 but now you're 25. That's only 13 years. Yeah. For, for you, that's half your life. But for me, that is just like, that's not that long ago. Do you know Jesus. how old you are in lizard years? And would you reveal that? It would depend on what type of lizard. Let's go iguana. Uh, I don't know for iguana. Komodo uh, I dragon? Komodo, Komodo dragon. Komodo, dragon, Komodo dragon is one of my favorites, but I'm not sure about their lifespan. My absolute favorite reptile is uh, from New Zealand. It's the Tuatara. Yeah. And it doesn't even... 
leave its juvenile stage until it's 65 years old. No kidding. So Jeez. it's, wow. it's, it's so you're 65 years old. I'm, oh no, I'm, I'm 45. So that's why I like oh, to say yeah. I'm still a kid and lizard. I wouldn't even yeah. think you were 45. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, the thing about tuataras is they're sometimes called living fossil suit. They're one of those animals that they have a third eye. That's oh, no visible kidding. until it, it closes over as they develop. Oh, yeah, like rad. it's the, you know, yeah. that that north sense. They're, they're a wild animal, and yeah, they're sometimes called a living fossil. And that is a rad animal. It's uh, yeah, and they're only found in these. They're going extinct in New Zealand, but they're yeah, an incredible little animal. Like you have a perfectly bald head. Uh, so <laughs> you know, you know what the irony of that is. I am the only male in my entire family to make it past thirty without going bald. I'm, really? I'm the only one that doesn't want hair, and I have to shave my say, head every day. Your hair still grows out right now, and you completely just like you, you can feel the stubble right there. My hairline is still right up here. Have you ever thought about just growing it out again and just? <laughs> see I, how that I've I've done it a couple of times, and like oh, okay. at, at this point, I can't even let it get as long as yours without it driving me nuts because I've oh. been. Okay. I've been shaving my head since I was 20. You're so used to it. Yeah. I was wondering if you had anything to well, do. I, I did mohawks for a while, and that's why I tattooed one on. Yeah, that was good. Right. Yeah. That looks good. Did you yeah. ever have a rough patch where you grew out the beard? I love growing out my beard because I, yeah. I get an, I get a good and I saw a beard. Um, I did, uh, you might remember this from you know, when I had my giant chops. Yeah, And I would I braid them that. and hang down. Yeah, and the, the thing that I decided was it, it affects my work mm-hmm. because a lot of like print and TV, films like that, they want the clean shaven, quote unquote, classic liver, lizard man. They don't want the sideburns <laughs> or any of that nonsense. <laughs> if shit. anybody came up to you and <laughs> right. said, uh, we want you in this, uh, whatever, actor yeah. show, and then they just say, but we want to go all nude. Now, is everything green, lizard? (laughs) What could you say to that? Every, are your balls green is what I'm asking. My balls are not green. No, oh. I was, was going to well, say, that's kind of say this is, the, 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 way that, the way that I, uh, the way that I like to respond to that general question is everything is modified, but everything is not green. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then they go, what? You go, my dick is flesh colored is what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, well, it's white, I, white. I mean, I've, 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 like, I used human to, dick. I used to have, a, I used to have a bit about it where I would talk about it. I was like, look, it, it's not that you guessed wrong. It's that you falsely assumed that what was here was an indication yeah, of what was here yeah. and like does that mean does that mean for instance ma'am that i should assume yours is colored <laughs> you know, you know, or crimped or dyed what if you meant like, like the dude who didn't yeah. get all green he was like well the only thing green on me is my right. dick and balls <laughs> <laughs> i i actually um from doing uh working for the old uh, bme website you know i used to to write articles on body modification for it and you know knew the the founders and the owners for a while so i got to see a lot of like the submission stuff that would come in and a lot of the heavier stuff and uh i don't know who he is but there was a dude who sent in pictures and yeah literally the only thing he had done to his entire body was tattoo his cock and balls completely solid black and then pierce and stretch the shit out of everything it was what it was it was it was like this weird black sausage package with just rings because it what is he trying to be? Well, I think he was um, and the assumption because he didn't send any explanation or anything with yeah. it. Like a lot of people, well, a lot of people <laughs> would send pictures and be like, "This is like we had people for the erotic portion of the site that would be like, okay. you know, we're, we're a pierced couple and we like to play like this and blah blah blah.' We had, or we get people who are like, you know, just like there's one dude who liked to masturbate by setting his dick on fire. He would put lighter fluid on it and then beat literally beat it oh, out that's one way as, he, as he beat off. And, but he he would you got to open your mind on that yeah. one. But that's pretty cool. And, and, like, and we had yeah, people yeah. talking about like why they did it, their fetishes, their back. This dude was just straight up sent in pictures and, and their theory because the piercings weren't done 
they at least some of them obviously weren't done professionally or at least weren't done by a good professional because mm-hmm. they were kind of scattered over is that it was probably basically just a fetish for him to have the pain it was probably uh-huh, okay. uh, a sensation because what he had done is like we said tattooed his, his genitals completely and then just started piercing it as much as he could wow. talking yeah. about literally dozens of just little rings all through it so it had to be you know well it doesn't have to be, but you would assume probably yeah. the deal what was the uh, for you what was the most painful mod you did but um the the single most painful thing i've ever done voluntarily was get my implants which ones uh, my oh that's yeah, what yeah, i figured you yeah because yeah, it's the only time i've hallucinated and vomited from pain wow, yeah. wow. six hours without anesthetic just all I could do just just breathe and focus, breathe and focus, and get this done. You yeah. then you were like perfect. Yeah, yeah. Well, at the time, I mean, it was you know still fairly new. Like I wasn't worried that something horrible was going to happen, but there really was that uh, sort of practice. Like there wasn't a lot of uh, prior research done, <laughs> or like prior cases done. I should say there's a lot of research done before we did it. Well, I mean, you don't see people. Uh, invest in themselves that uh like that that often that's fucking great well the best investment i made in myself though was uh last was it yeah i got so ass a month. implants uh ass implants and there's th- my ass still looks really small <laughs> i think i got the smallest implants and i realizing how big i was right? and i just had uh laser eye surgery oh yeah and now i'm, <laughs> now I'm like yeah I'm like, dude, the most as, practical one here's yeah. the thing it's like why the fuck was that the last thing i did yeah, it's no, I amazing see. Now you can oh, see how better your implants look. You're yeah, like, right. Damn, I they do look I'm tight. Like, Fuck, I look good <laughs> from a distance because I can see me now. What What is it like on a typical day? Like if you just go to H E B and shit. Like are people? Do you, well, do I you mean, just feel people looking at you you're like, "What's up?" Oh yeah. <laughs> the thing about it is that there's the and this is why like I'm, when TV shows used to come and like want to do like a day in the life of the lizard man when mm. the reality TV bullshit, and I always hated it because I knew it wasn't going to work, and that's because. If we go to the grocery store, I have to go to the grocery store already. at least every week. These people already fucking know me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're looking for the, holy shit, what is that? And I'm like, these people know me. They're my yeah. neighbors. This is the store I shop at all the time. We got to go somewhere else if you yeah. want surprise. But they don't get the, like, but we want you in your home environment. I'm like, well, then you, my home environment is where people are used to seeing lizard man. It'd be boring. What was the, didn't the guy who used to play Superman host Ripley's, believe it or not? Yeah, or? Dean Kane. Yep. Did you get to meet him? Nah, all of his stuff was just, he never left the studio. Yeah. Yeah, they they eventually in later seasons had a, uh, like a field correspondent time stuff. But yeah, he was all in studio and as far as I know, never came into yeah, anybody really. It doesn't sound so separate yeah. to me. Yeah. 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 No. <laughs> I was, I, I was always sort of annoyed by that choice not be not yeah. I don't have anything against him personally he probably wasn't interested in it until he got the gig right well it's the thing is that there was there was no passion about it coming out of him and there are so many people that could have been great hosts who would actually have a connection to it probably i don't think he same. has passion though like yeah, i mean, I, mean I, think, I, don't, I, don't, in, I don't i don't know i don't know enough about him to shit on him in any other than sort of like in that particular let's setting. Let's do it anyway. All right, let's yeah. do it anyway. Yeah, I mean, basically, fuck him. What's yeah, he? You know? I don't like I think he's a Trump supporter <laughs> anyway. So. He he's like, he's on Fox and Friends yeah. all the time. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, definitely. Fuck mm-hmm. that guy. <laughs> <laughs> what about a, uh, what was I going to say? I, I might be butchering the name, but the Ringling. Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Is Circus? that a thing anymore? Or did they? Well, it's, uh, it's, 
this is the this sort of the point of that like, was the biggest one from my whole childhood. I right, that's a the, that is the that is the brand name, and sort of that's you know the reason it has that long name, right, is because it's a bunch of circuses that basically got bought and put together to survive. They had to you know there was only room for so many circuses yeah. in the country, and there there were others that are still active, you know, Big Apple Circus and some other, but yeah, Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey. That's that's the name. That is yeah. the, the biggest circus. So they were they, the big mainstream one, right? Like, yeah. Well, at, at uh, up until even just a couple of years ago, they were running three different units. They had a red unit, a blue unit, and a gold unit that would be out traveling around the country. And they're three different shows. And I mean, you, it's just right there. You think about the scope of this operation. Yeah. Now they don't do tents anymore. I mean, every now and then a special event, but like here in Austin, they would play at the uh, the Irwin Center. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, so they're they're playing stadiums and stuff, but they still have to you know cart in you know animals, props, giant trapeze apparatus, all this. It's expensive. So it's funny where uh, I, a lot of people saw the taking the elephants out of the show as an animal rights issue and victory like that. Uh, if you like really look into it hard, it's a financial decision. You know how expensive it is to cart fucking elephants around yeah, the country in yeah. trains yeah. <laughs> and, and walk them and, care. and yeah. the, the thing about it too is like despite what you hear from the activists and sort of that slanted stuff I'm like I have a very good friend who was a veterinarian yeah. for the circus I have tons of friends who have been that were clowns and other performers that work there and you know I've always loved that they called them American elephants because they were born and raised in in America. They said yeah. that these are when people would ask if they were, you know, Indian, Asian, you know, like, no, they're American elephants. Yeah. And they do so much for the president. Their facility in Florida is, is amazing. It's like, yeah, it's like they didn't take them out because it was better for the elephant's health. They took them out of the show because it's fucking expensive. Right. And then mm-hmm. they announced that they were closing a year later. I believe right now there is still some process, like somebody else bought the rights to the name or there was supposed to be an offer made. Mm-hmm. And I think that right now that's where it's at. Like it's there, there's, there is no Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey currently on the road. Yeah. But I, I think the idea is that there's going to be some restructuring that are come out again. Um, but I'm, I'm pulling vague memories out. Yeah. Like I've also had a lot of like friends that worked in their band that are now traveling around, you know, some of whom would go back in a heartbeat given the opportunity and others that are like, well, you know, that was that chapter of my life and now I'm moving on. Yeah, man. Uh, w- would you ever, uh, do that, that circus? Uh, I mean, they're like, are they're like family, right? Absolutely. So. Yeah, well, yeah. When you get, but you could, you could well, PG up your act. Oh yeah. Sure. I mean, I do. Well, because I do Ripley's, I've always, yeah, have a, I, was, I always have a PG friendly. I've only act. seen the, yeah, uh, our know, version. Yeah. You've only seen the, I can get away with anything version. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I even then, the, uh, I didn't take it that hammer far. Hammer to the yeah. nuts. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, yeah, you saw me get hit in the nuts, but I didn't actually pull my dick out. So you didn't no. see the, the really That's why I asked show. the question oh, yeah. today. <laughs> was it green or no? I was so close to finding out but, that night. I mean, I, would, I, I actually considered for a while having the word yes tattooed on my dick <laughs> because people would shout at me from the audience, is your dick tattooed? And I just wanted to be like, just one time, I'll just fucking whip it out and it'll say yes on it. No, what does that great. say? You should have got laser <laughs> eye surgery. Yeah. Like, I can't read that. I'd be like, come closer, <laughs> bitch. I'll put it in your mouth. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Well, that is our time. There you go. Hey, hey, hey. That seems, it seems like if we did that, it'd be even harder to read. I, yeah, right? It was, <laughs> oh, that was um, one, of, one of the old jokes. They used to say, like, no, my dick isn't tattooed, but there's a tattoo right above it. But if you want to see it, you have to get down on your knees real close and for some reason open your mouth. <laughs> that person would have to listen for a long time to get that insult into their face. I, say, I don't. I don't. If I'm insulting someone i don't give a shit if they get the insult man fuck you i'm insulting you so it gets wild. <laughs> sometimes it could get wild at your shows or you just uh when i I'm one of the are uh, there any youtube videos just floating around lizard man snaps on fan oh i'm sure just, 
and are. yelling at me. Um, <laughs> my, buddy Mossy that traveled with, uh, <laughs> my buddy Mossy that used to travel with me on the Jaeger tour used to like actively try to get me like drunk and irritated about something before I'd go on stage because he loved it when I was hangry and hostile with the audience. And I think, I don't know if it's on YouTube, but I know that he has a video of it where this woman, and she was like 20 feet back from the, the front of the stage, is yelling and screaming as I'm trying to bring up our, our first band of the night until finally I like, it ends up in this bizarre moment where I'm pantomiming, throwing my dick like a fire hose out to the crowd. And I got, I got the people in front of her so pissed off. I was like, everybody help me out with this. I go, I need you to crowd surf my dick back to that fucking bitch and slap her in the face with it. And so a bunch of people put up their hands like they were crowd surfing my dick back she, there. What, what's and going on? Like, what's happening? Yeah, and of course, she, she's, no, no. she's still just screaming, fuck you. And she's going, and then, you know, then, then I had my joke with the audience crowd surfing my imaginary dick. And I was like, okay, fuck the, fuck her. You guys have a good time. You do stand up comedy as well as I've, I've seen you over the years uh, out and about. Yep. Like, but whenever you're doing stand up, I remember talking to you outside of uh, Coal Town one time and right. I was like, why don't you go by Lizard Man when you stand up? And you say, you go by Sprague, Eric Sprague because you don't want people to show up thinking you're doing your Lizard Man act. Right. Have you I, ever been just in the middle of something you've written and somebody was like, what the hell's going on? Put a sword in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the, the thing about that is too is that I, I know that it's the elephant in the room room every time I step on stage so mm-hmm. inevitably even though I'm kind of sick of it it's it's obligatory I have to address what I am the when I walk on yeah but yeah I would I would rather do that and I don't think it's quite as much of an issue as I thought it was going to be but yeah. in, in my mind it's just I have I have a lot of personal standards that I mean look it's just I made this rule for myself it doesn't mean that it's right or wrong but I adhere to it and for me it was a, as a matter of principle I'm I don't want you to think that you're getting something that you're not yeah. and there's an estate like at when I first started going out and doing stand-up in clubs because to me I always had a comedic show and that was the idea was it's easy to be gross inside show it's hard to be funny so I wanted to be funny and you know I think that I you know I and a few other people in the 90s really sort of developed that genre of comedy sideshow like comedy magic or whatever and uh, but when I started but I wasn't telling just jokes and in my mind I often felt that the stunts were crutches for the jokes I wanted to have jokes that could stand on their own whether I swallowed the sword or not and that's why I mean I really take that as it means a lot to me when you say that the the jokes in the show were funny yeah I enjoyed it I mean for me that's that's what I care. That's that's my pride. That's where I where I, I live and breathe mm. is was I really funny or was it just that you were so impressed with the stupid stunt that I did? Yeah, so the Altercation yeah. Festival was the first time I actually saw you got to do your uh, act and like I always uh, kind of knew like, okay, he does this kind of stuff but like the, <laughs> the jokes you were making were really fun. I didn't expect yeah. that and I was like, oh, this guy has perfected the art. <laughs> uh, <laughs> once you uh, took the drill out of your face and you right. said, I just skull fucked right. myself. I was yeah. like, this man's got it down. He's a professional. <laughs> Because uh, I was laughing, I was a, that was the perfect thing to say. <laughs> the, one of the things that that I that I really had to to learn and and had to be you know humbled by when I came when I started trying to go to comedy clubs and do stand up wow. was you know I came in there with overconfidence because in my mind I'm like. I host shows for Slayer. I make 6,000 metalheads laugh. I can handle 50 people in a fucking coffee shop. You know? That's right. You know, I was just, uh, then I found out, I'm like, it's a lot different talking to 50 people in a coffee shop than it is 6,000 people in a fucking amphitheater. Drunk and just Yeah, like, yeah. yeah and that, like, you got to make them listen to you. And so 
Like so when you're bzzz, yeah, there's my, a pause, your hair guy going, I'll take a mocha. Yeah, like just yeah. ordering a drink yeah. in the back. And the my, my sideshow act, like you're, you, you, saw, you saw me doing sideshow and doing jokes that I've been refining for 20 years, but my club stand-up act lags behind because I've only been doing, quote-unquote, pure stand-up mm-hmm. for about eight or nine. And so I haven't refined my my stand up as much as I've refined sideshow. You know, my my timing with the sideshow and the jokes are there and they're good because I've had that repetition. I've literally done that thousands of times. I've been able to to learn where the timing is. What, how long do I wait as I take the drill out for? Hey, I just basically skull fucked myself. You get you know. Yeah, where, there it is. Well, where is that timing for you know? And and like, what's the right way to basically beg for applause? Be like, what else do I have to do? You know, <laughs> there are, you know the little things we do. And there there are some things that in club stand up there are you know conventions mm-hmm. that's that make what you do inside something that works inside jail isn't going to work there and vice versa i mean the way that i do sword swallowing as a street performer versus a theater performer versus a comedy performer those are three entirely different presentations yeah. and they each have different rules like there's stuff that you should never fucking do on stage but you should always do on the street yeah yeah well I that's agree. awesome like uh yeah like Show your genitals. You should never do that on the street. <laughs> yep. but in a club, you, go, you go, no, I do that on the street. That's <laughs> Yeah, you see, like, if, you, if you're on the street, keep it in your pants. If you're at the slipper room in New York, take it out or you're not getting paid. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to say, like, uh, with Sideshow, I've always known it in, like, a horror context. Mm, you know, yeah. it always seems like pop-up in horror movies. Yeah. Like, like, like Freaks and then yep. um, yeah, most and recently, like, that E! True Hollywood story with Lobster Boy. Oh yeah, the Grady Style story, yep, yeah. which is a you know sort of a classic. Yeah, he was. Um, I forget the exact details. But he basically murdered. A couple yeah, of people, yeah, right? he was like pretty abusive to. His oh yeah, family. and he was horribly abusive to his family. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what that is at all. Grady Styles is a historical um, sideshow performer, lobster boy. Like he's you know if you see like banners or images, they're usually from his time. He's sort of the classic example of ectrodactyly, the, oh, okay. condi- the condition that he and Black Scorpion and others have, mm-hmm. um, and it. You know, it just turns out that, yeah, he's really famous as a sideshow personality and was also a really horrible human being. Oh, man, I will look into that. <laughs> have you ever, have you ever been out to that retirement community? Where uh, in in Florida. Um, uh, circus performers. And now you, you just, you, you literally forced the name of it out of my, out of my head. I was going to be like, <laughs> yeah, and it's, um, I did uh, three seasons for Universal Studios in Orlando. Okay. And so, because I was going out there and spending so much time uh, out there, for those years, uh, I would go and, and do visits. Um, it seems like the coolest uh, bar to drink. Alligator girl, and she was married to it's uh, Giants Camp. It was Al Benjano. Man, I'm I'm there's still an blank. alligator girl. And uh, well, they, they, they were they were always a something. They were something. they were an odd couple. And Giants Camp is sort of this place where a lot of performers uh, would winter, and then a lot of older performers retired. And yeah, I'm like my. my weed addled brain is just dropping so many names and details right now i i should know this stuff right off the top of my head and i i don't i've forgotten it and uh i was gonna say for those that uh are interested in checking out some circus shows and mm-hmm. all that like because i maybe i'm ignorant but i hardly hear anything about it around it. it's just like uh, i'm not yeah. in the realm but like how could people find out get more Right. involved if they want to check out a show how often are they are there communities uh, that's the thing it's it's still a very even though we are at the point where there's been so much growth there's so much more than there was when i started and um i actually make this point in my show a lot of times is that there are more living performing professional sword swallowers in the world today than mm-hmm. any other time 
uh, in recorded history, so they should be really easy to find. But no, that's still so few a number that it's very easy to uh, to miss. Um, I mean, I think that uh, you know if you're going if you go to New York City. Uh, during the season, basically the summer, mm-hmm. when Coney Island, Sideshow by the Seashores is operating, and you don't go, you've fucked up. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you go there, you're going to see, it's, I mean, it is New York. It's, how are you going to go to New York without Coney Island? I mean, that's the Warriors, that's everything. I mean, yeah. so many reasons yeah. to go to Brooklyn and go to Coney Island, but to go see the Sideshow as well, because get it's a, a great, sh- great show. Yeah, you got to get a Coney. Get, mm-hmm. um, uh, there's also uh, Hell's a Pop and Circus Sideshow is one that tours around a lot. Uh, I know they were here in Austin, uh, few months ago or no actually shit it's been six months now mm-hmm. uh, it was middle of last year uh, played at Grizzly Hall you gotta basically keep an eye out for it and like I say there are sword swallows and performers scattered about but as for touring shows they're kind of few and far between and unfortunately uh, it seems to have plateaued like I got really lucky in being able to host a tour and go around and that used to be kind of a standard thing we were getting hired as MCs or like you know as traditional side we were the side show the show on the side we'd yeah. entertain you between the bands at you know Ozfest or, or whatever that's awesome but again you know the greed kicks in and yeah. everything starts getting cut they're like oh we don't need big posters we don't need extra entertainment let those people stand in the sun and stare at the empty stage you know who, who gives a shit what they do because we're keeping all the money after we pay whoever the headliner is hopefully that's <laughs> not Slayer doing that no Slipknot has eight guys and they <laughs> no, all need would, the money well I would, I would tell you this is definitely about uh, about Slayer's definitely not doing that because uh, Carrie was and still is one of my biggest sort of supporters when I got on the Jaeger tour was just immediately like we came off stage and he was like I didn't get to see some of what you guys did what'd you do and me and my old assistant explained he's like man that's fucking wacky I love that shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but th- that was part of my press kit for a long time was man that's fucking wacky Carrie fucking King <laughs> yeah. and uh, but I mean, it's funny you mentioned um, Slipknot because here's the the thing and I did I, I did a uh, an interview yesterday with uh, a guy doing an underground radio show yeah. and they came up and I was like yeah I did the tour with them in 2004 and it was fantastic and one of the things that really struck me about it was that even if they were at each other's throats and you know there's very publicly and famously some bad blood between a few different like that right. they kept that contained and it was very positive around everybody else and you'd say like oh they need the money they did that Jägermeister music tour it turns out because they had taken a merch deal and the merch company basically said, you ain't sold enough of this shit. Get back out on the road and move some units because we advanced ah, you all shit. this money. They, had to, they basically had to pay. Their, that tour was, I mean, they had the new album and everything, but it was paying off in advance. Yeah. That. So you, like you said, like, that, that tour was about money. But the very first day, I had a stupid little beanie and a pair of panties that said Freak on it with my little <laughs> fork tongue logo that I wanted to sell on the tour to make a little extra money as the right. MC. <laughs> I was talking about it to, to somebody else who wasn't the, the right person just saying, yeah, we got to find out, blah, 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 on the first day. Paul, rest in peace, overhears me, yeah. comes over, grabs me, he's like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, you're, you're doing the, you're the host, because we hadn't even done a show yet. This is the very end of the tour. Just here for the show? Or? <laughs> who else would it be? Well, no, no, but, 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 I mean, but you got to say, like, even, like I, think about this, but, like, he comes up from behind, and I mean, like that, he's, he doesn't know exactly who's talking. He's walking into a situation, not, and, and right. they're like, oh yeah, you're the host. But I mean, yeah, we hadn't had our official introduction as like, I'm the MC, you're the headlining band. We hadn't even done that yet. It was yeah. his first day. And he goes, but he's just like, oh, you got merch? And I'm like, yeah, I got to figure out, you know, if we're going to be able to, to put it out anywhere or anything like that. And he goes, come with me. Takes me right to his merch guy and goes, hey, this is the MC. What do you got? He goes, that goes up with ours. You sell it for him. Oh, like, that's awesome. Cool. That was, like, yeah, that's really yeah, cool. Like, absolutely. And that's why, you know, I've always said like, you know, I hear stories about, you know, some of these guys that have toured with and whatnot. And I'm just like, 
you know, I don't know, but it doesn't jive with my experience. Yeah, but, there's you know, some good stuff yeah, there. Corey Taylor and Kerry King, to me, are the perfect examples of how you're supposed to be when you manage to reach that level because I've only seen them be kind. I mean, Kerry will be brutally honest, but he'll be honest. He won't fuck with you. He won't, like I've seen like bands walk off and that's the thing. He would go down and watch every single opening band. We'd get a local opener. Mm-hmm. Like, and I know a lot of other big headliners that didn't have time for the local openers. Kerry, I most certainly would right? not watch them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they, they got 50, they got 15 minute sets. So you know, basically three songs, you know, maybe oh, yeah. five, if you had short songs like that, right. he wasn't always able to watch their entire set, but he made a point of going down, checking out and, some of it. And yeah. he made a point of, if he liked you, he told you, and I, but I saw people come up to him and be like, hey, man, what'd you think? And he'd say something like, he definitely played a set. Woo! <laughs> yeah, he'd, he'd, he'd give like flat lines. But there's the thing, like he's, he's a no bullshit guy. And yeah, just pawns his I mean, guitar the next day. <laughs> oh, it's but over. I mean, you know, some, people, some people use being brutally honest as just an excuse to be an asshole. Right. And yeah. that's, he's, he's not that guy. <laughs> he's right. doing it. Yeah, he's, he's, just, he's just straight up. He's just going to let you fucking know. Yeah. <laughs> you played. He sounds a lot like me. I've noticed that <laughs> about hearing about. Corey? Carrie. Carrie from <laughs> Slayer? Yeah. Carrie, Carrie from Slayer, Corey from Slipknot. There you go. <laughs> and Stone Sour. Well, man, uh, we definitely, we're at that point, uh, that time right now. I do want to thank you for coming on the podcast. I'm happy Talking to be about here. Circus, Sideshow, and we got a little, uh, I've always dreamed of it for like almost six years, just getting to know <laughs> yeah. more about my best friend, the Lizard Man. Yeah. Well, how did I have to do it just yeah. on the podcast? Yeah. This uh, was, we this definitely was the appropriate get, way. This, yeah, was a, this was just an excuse for us to bond, really. Just to clear. <laughs> I, we talked about this like so yeah. many times. Look, for years. those of you who weren't there, I saw it and it's it's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to go bowling tonight. 24-hour uh, show place lands. Um, before we go, do you have any last words uh, regarding uh, any circus, sideshow, or, I mean, let's just talk about that beautiful skin you, you're walking around with. Hey, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I Look, I'm, I'm green, I'm wonderful, I'm beautiful, but there's a lot of other wonderful, beautiful freaks out there. So just go see something that isn't singing or dancing go stop watching tv go see a live goddamn show anything i've seen support some live entertainment i've seen lizard man live i could say you guys should definitely check him out uh you can follow him on twitter at at lizard man 23 is it 23 because you're a big michael jordan fan no it's just uh it's more of a conspiracy thing it's more william burroughs uh, I thought there was like Ooh. 22 other lizard men. Yeah, I get that one. It, well, it's, it's, the problem is the lizard man is always like a fantasy trope, like the India. So that's always right, taken right. every everywhere already. That's right. So I was like, what am I going to do? I'm like, I'll put 23 after it because, yeah, well, fuck, fuck But it. I am the lizard man. God. Yeah. Did you think about going with the lizard king for a little bit? You know, so I found that was, <laughs> was taken. Yeah, I don't know. It's fucking Jim Morrison, man. <laughs> uh, you'll be in Australia in February. Yep, at the Adelaide Fringe Fest and then at the Royal Easter Show in Sydney. Hell yeah. And uh, you could catch him uh, anywhere with Ripley's, believe it or not. Uh, hey, you can go see me at any Ripley's in the world. They got a statue of me. <laughs> it's even better. See, you can. We have an icon on the podcast. The bookstore? If, well, the thing is, if you go see the statue, you can you can touch it and you can take a picture with it without it talking to you, which is two things you can't do with the real me. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, as for us, AJ, uh, got anything before we head out? Uh, you know, I don't. You're not doing the free uh, pizza slice anymore? <laughs> like I said, no one's budging if, on that if, offer, if, right? <laughs> if you're there and there happens to be a pie that we're going to toss, you you can call me out on that and I'll I'll give you one of those slices. Maybe yeah. I'll give you the entire thing. But, it, yeah. Are there are there are hungry students not a thing? Like I spent almost all of my time in college standing behind pizza places waiting for the end of the night leftovers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if, 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 I lived if, off that shit. Come up to AJ. People have and, uh, too much 
goddamn pride in this city. Austin's <laughs> Pizza on Lamar. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Right. And then uh, just drop me a line on Twitter. I'll say hi back. And that's pretty much the extent of that. I uh, will ignore you all on the internet. <laughs> I, need, I need your attention. Um, okay. So from a scale of one to 10 on the care meter, AJ, from one to 10, circus, sideshow, what do you give it? How many cares do you give it? I give it an eight. Woo, are Whoa, you just saying that because he's here and you're intimidated? <laughs> no, nah, like I was like, this is this sounds cool. Yeah. All right, that's yeah. like the highest AJ's given in a I was going to say, I, I, was probably, I thought you were going to be like the Russian judge in the 80s. I thought I was looking nah. at like a 3.5 or something. This all, this <laughs> oh all sounds God. like a rich and seedy history. You know? that's, uh, there's, a, there's a beautiful seediness to the yeah. history of Sideshow, especially when it gets to the carnival years. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, carnival. Well, I'm going to give it a, and just understand, before you came in and talked about it, I'm not a person who enjoys the circus. <laughs> I actually hate it. I, uh, I remember uh, years ago, I went to the Ripley's Believe It or Not, like, yep. And I was like probably 18 or something long time ago. <laughs> and I had been when I was younger and I thought this is like the greatest thing. Yep. But when I got there, I could not get over the smell of elephant shit everywhere. <laughs> I was like, God damn, it stinks up in here. I remember one time my dad took me to a smaller one. It was a tent. Right. Just animals, just shit mm-hmm. everywhere. And I was like, this place is awful. But uh, there was no lizard, man. There That's was true. nobody doing cool sideshow well, stuff. It was just more typical animal tricks and shit. Right. Uh, and unless one of those animals are attacking, I'm not interested. Right. But you you came in here and hit me with all this knowledge so i'm gonna give it a six because hey, i'll take that yeah that's uh that's yeah, pretty high for me because and i think it could even be going up because i'll tell you what next time you're in town and i see you uh i'm gonna come to a show fantastic if i get in for free yeah of course why not yeah. <laughs> what, what do you think i'm trying to make money at this <laughs> i don't have any so <laughs> you know What's the, yeah. there's, there's a, here's another quick jim rose story for you like that there was i was talking to, to some kid when we were out giving out flyers for a show and as soon as the kid walks away and it, it it bothered me. It bothers me in principle anyway, but I also know because Jim's kind of racist. It also <laughs> definitely happened because the kid was black. But he comes over and he goes, "What the fuck are you doing? He hasn't got any fucking money. He's not coming to our fucking show." Wow. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, uh, dude, if he wants to come see the show and he can't afford the ticket, he's going on my fucking guest list because I want people who want to see the show to see the fucking show. <laughs> yeah, right. He goes, "Lizard, you beautiful bastard." <laughs> no, you warmed my icy heart with that. He story. just hated me more. <laughs> I just hated him more. Well, I give Jim Rose a one. AJ? Uh, get some. Yeah, fucking zero. He Fuck gets a guy. zero. All right. I don't know him, but he sounds like a real asshole. <laughs> well, thanks so much again for listening, guys. We will see you next week. Uh, and Happy New Year. Yeah, bye. Woo. International.